Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I'm so glad you're here. I pray that this is the place where you will be encouraged by hearing God's stories of my friends that I share. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents He has given you. If this is the first time you've tuned in, or if you've been joining in for a while, you are welcome here, friend. I want to share with you some fun things ahead on the podcast. The first one is that I am hosting a giveaway. I rarely have them, but this is one you don't want to miss. My goal here on the podcast is to encourage you in the stories I share, to share helpful content such as books, podcasts, and products that have helped me, and I want to be able to share that with as many women as I can. In order to do that, Apple Podcast Reviews help in such a big way. Here's how you can enter the giveaway. All you have to do is go to the podcast app on your phone, search for the Friends of a Feather podcast, scroll until you see the headings, ratings, and reviews, and click Write a Review. I would love for you to tap five stars, type a sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, and then screenshot your review to me. And that is it. But what if you're saying, wait, Ren, I've already left a review on the podcast. I would first say, thank you. And then I would say, no problem. Just screenshot your past review and send it to me. Okay, so all who enter can have a chance to win a new Valmarie Paper 30-day prayer journal. It's called A Fresh Start for Moms, and it hasn't even been released yet, y'all. It is a beautiful light blue, and it's hardback. Thank you to Val at Valerie Paper and Mariah at Tyndale Publishing for gifting the winner this awesome journal. Okay, so go leave those reviews, and I cannot wait to see who wins. Okay, let's get to today's episode. It's episode 77, and my guest is Jessica White. Jessica is a wife to Joshua, mom to two kids, ages five and two and a half. Jessica is a nurse. She also has a popular podcast called Kids Bible Stories. On this episode, we talk about how Jessica encouraged her husband during a time of career transition, how she searched for a podcast for her children to listen to, and that led to starting her own podcast. You will love our conversation. Okay, let's get to it. This is episode 77 with my guest, Jessica White. Well, welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Hi, Ren. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be a part of this. Yeah, it's exciting. I remember first hearing about your podcast, Kids Bible Stories, from my friend Megan and Courtney. And they put it on their Insta stories and they're like, y'all, this is a great podcast for your kids. And I remember like literally the day or two before was searching iTunes for a podcast for kids, like literally, like right before that. (laughs) And when they put it on there, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so, um, so I started listening and we listen, sometimes Mm -hmm. we listen, we've started listening in the car, but then we listen, um, when I'm getting dinner ready and it's just great. Your voice is very soothing, very calming. And I love that you are teaching the kids about stories from God's word and the truth in God's word. And I love it. Well, thank you so much. That means so much to me when I hear people say that it's helping them and helping their kids. I feel privileged to do it. You know, we're all called to spread the gospel and I know we all do it in our own ways, but to hear the feedback that it's mm. happening is just, it's incredible to me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to kind of get behind the woman behind the podcast. Okay. Ooh. And I, <laughs> I want to know about 
Um, if somebody doesn't know Jessica White of the Kids uh-huh. Bible Story podcast, um, tell us a little bit about you, about your family, and kind of what you do day to day. Sure. Um, well, we live in the Charlotte area of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been married to my wonderful husband of nine years, Joshua, and we have two kids. Um, Josephine is five and Samson is two and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also a nurse, so I work as that as well. Um, my husband's a hospice nurse. And so we've kind of got interesting schedules, which... Mm-hmm. Works well for our home life. Um, we've decided to homeschool recently, so that's been a new adventure. Um, and so our day-to-day is fairly different. Um, we try and be really intentional and plan out that week ahead of time together. Most days always include us getting up early, um, a little bit of kind of quiet time if we can before the kids get up. But as parents, you always know that's a gamble. One might wander <laughs> down yeah. as soon as you open your book or, you know, start the coffee. But mm-hmm. most mornings it works. So we do that, um, then exercise. And typically then we start homeschooling um, between like the hours of 9 and 11. Then we'll come home, you know, do some activities at home, be outside. Um, and then it's just things like meeting up with other homeschool groups or running errands. And now the weather is getting nicer. We try and spend a lot of time outside if we can. Oh, yeah. So that's most of our days kind of running that some okay. some of that sequence. Yeah. Okay. And so you tell you said that your husband is a nurse as well. So how does that schedule work? Does he work nights? Does he work? Is he on call? How does that work with your schedule with your husband? Yes. So thank goodness he's not on nights anymore. Both okay. of us experienced that as when you getting to the nursing field, you kind of, you know, do your time sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but he works weekends. So he works Saturday, Sunday, okay. and then Monday night. So. Okay. And when it, do you work? I work, I'm as needed. So I work anytime they call me, I can kind of say yes or no. So right okay. now I'm typically doing Thursdays. Great. So that's yeah, so, awesome. That works mm-hmm. for your family because he's there during the week as well, right? Yes. So he's there to help wow. swap with, you know, if I go to work, then gotcha. um, we wanted someone, him to be able to watch the kids if, you know, or flip flop, that sort of a thing. That's great. And Charlotte, I bet that is beautiful. I love Charlotte. It is. It's really we pretty. We love it. I mean, we love mm. it here. There's just, it's a great, great place to live. Mm, love it. Okay. So let's go back a little bit before you became a nurse. And I know that y'all had some transition with Joshua going back to school. So tell me a little bit about what was it inside of you that does that you desire to to get a nursing degree and really to do that full time? Um, I have always had a really deep rooted desire to help people. Um, I know it's always a cliche, like you know, in the interview for nursing, all that stuff, but it's very true for me. For example, if I was having a really bad day or something big was happening, if someone else really needed me and my help, I don't know if it's, it just helps take my eyes off of my situation and I want to serve somebody, but mm-hmm. I just get such fulfillment of helping somebody else um, and seeing me you know, be effective or even something small in their lives. So that's a big factor for me. Um, starting out, I actually started pre-med and then wow. I had a very... God was very kind to me and gave me kind of, I think, a Holy Spirit insightfulness because I was fairly young then. I don't think I was insightful as I am now, but I had a moment I remember after the first year thinking, is this really what I want to do the rest of my life? Mm. I had a brother who was in med school at the time and I could kind of see his path and how, how it was going and it was fantastic for him, but I saw how long the road was going to be. 
and how hard it was on multiple levels. I just knew myself knowing I don't want that for me. Like if I was in med school, I know that for me, I would not want to have children during med school and I wanted to have children sooner than that. Um, I also knew if I went, you know, for a really long degree like that, that I would feel the pressure to work full time. And I knew long term, I didn't want to do that. If I, if I could, I was wanted to stay home with the kids as much as possible. Mm. So from there, I kind of had a, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing this for other people's expectations? And what do I really want? Um, and that's when I decided, well, you know, maybe couple this with what I desire and nursing would be a really good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So that's really how I ended up. And the next day I went to the, I remember the registrar's office and changed my major. And then it was a whole extra year tacked onto that, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, what was Joshua's degree in? Because I read that you, um, and he went through a transition with what, where he went back to school for nursing. So tell me a little bit about that transition time. Um, that was, uh, hard in some ways. He had gotten his bachelor's in psychology. We met at school. He got his bachelor's in psychology there and I got mine in nursing. And then after school, we were married and we had not even married a, a year and he was working as a teacher's assistant and another side job. I don't remember what it was at the time, but we knew with his income and what we both wanted in life for me to stay home with kids and, you know, careers that he was going to have to make a change. And he just didn't know what he wanted right away. So he kind of, he saw me doing nursing. Um, pretty much most of the people in my family are nurses as well. So he, mm. you know, was talking to them and doing some research and he was like, you know, I think, I think I'd really like to do this. So mm. um, he just decided to, you know, shadow some nurses, talk to some people and decided to to make the leap. But I do remember it being hard. I mean, mm-hmm. we were newly married, you know, it was kind of new supporting yourself already than add in supporting somebody else because he had to quit his job. So mm-hmm. we were relying on my income. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the pressure of working nights at that time as my first job. And it was really hard and feeling overwhelmed and stuff. And then thinking, Oh my goodness, you know, I have to provide for us right now. Um, Mm. and it was, it was a challenge, but I'm very grateful we were smart enough to do it then and be done with it. Uh And I also think God was so, such a good provider in that it was easier in a way to just do it then. And having only ever really lived off one income, than having, you know, both of us living off of two incomes for years and years. And then all of a sudden, yeah. okay, you have to acclimate and downsize mm-hmm. or move or get used to, yeah. to less. Sure. So I think that that was a huge blessing that yeah. God gave us that. Yeah. Well, and I know I've um, stood with my husband when we went through job changes and career moves and it's, it's, you really have to go bind together because I feel like it would be hard if you feel one thing and your husband felt another thing and you're not on the same page. So tell me if there's a lady out there, a woman out there that is wanting to, or that her husband is in the midst of a job transition, Mm -hmm. what would you say to her uh, in a practical sense or even of how to be emotionally supportive of her husband? Um, Gosh, I think really just keeping communication open is huge and, you know, making sure the other person really feels supported, Um, whether that's, 
helping make meals when they're home or um, leaving them encouraging notes. It's, it's hard. And I think knowing that, Hey, we're in this together, that even though he is at work working hard, I'm also at work working hard. Like mm-hmm. he, he's able to do what he's doing because I'm by his side doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. My husband always reminds me of that, that, you know, you could look at him and see everything's working because of what he's doing, but he's like, you're behind the scenes. And if it wasn't for you, then none of these other things would line up. So yeah, for, for the wife, you were doing so much by even just doing the daily things, managing the home or mm-hmm. um, keeping to a budget. Those are huge things that make everything else possible. So I yeah. think that's really practical. Um, that's good. That's real good. Well, and I was going to say that I remember my husband saying that even just a few weeks ago. And he said, you know, when I'm at work, I like not having to worry about that. You've got, you know, you've got the meals planned. You've got, Mm. you're going to have groceries in the fridge. It's good to have um, the support that we as wives can be for our husbands. So I love that. That's great advice. And I think also just not forgetting the long term. Sometimes in Mm. our culture, we want instant gratification and thinking that maybe your husband's making this change. And you may not see the big benefits for two years, but you know, if you think down the road, 10 years from now, you're going to be probably very grateful he did this and that yeah. he's grateful too. And to just, to just have each other's best interest at heart and know that this is going to be good for your future. And, you know, especially if your husband's making a change to something he's more passionate about, mm. that's huge. I mean, his quality of life mm. is going to be better and that's going to trickle down into his joy and happiness into the family. And mm. just, it's, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I remember when my husband trans uh, changed jobs, but changed really careers, and it was great that it was before kids, and it was great during that time. It was still difficult, but it was great because there were things then that now we see at his position now that trickled back into that, mm. and it was a very. <laughs> it's just neat to see how God orchestrated all of that. So yeah, I love that. That's great. Okay, so let's kind of move on to, okay, so you're a nurse and you have, uh, you have two kids, okay, mm-hmm. and you are looking for a podcast or looking for something to play for your kids to hear the truth of God's word. And yeah. what did you find? Um, I found stuff that was typically for older children. So mine are still young, five and under. And most things were, were geared more to the 10 or preteen age. Um, so I found a lot of that or stuff that was maybe gauged a little younger, but was too long in length for my children's attention span mm-hmm. um, or too long in length or um, just not captivating. So it would kind of be like reading a script or, you know, no sound effects. I knew that mm-hmm. they needed something to to catch their attention and kind of really come the story come to life. Yes. Um, so that's what I was finding out there. That's for, for yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's what everybody's looking for is something that for their kids that they can hear. And um, I love that you're okay. So let's, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, okay. So you couldn't find anything. So at that time, your husband had a podcast. Is that correct? Yes, he did. Okay. Tell me about that. <laughs> oh, I love my husband, man. He is, he is a, <laughs> such an incredible man. He is a dreamer and he's mm. also a doer though, which is good. Okay. Um, he's, he's done a variety of things as well as nursing. So he's always been a nurse, but you know, nursing does lend itself to have some stuff on the side. So yeah. he coaches CrossFit. He, okay. um, 
has had podcasts. He's had a vlog. Mm-hmm. So his podcast um, was he and two other really awesome men that are in his life. They would talk about all kinds of things, what it meant to be a man, um, some like current cultural topics that were happening, things like that. Mm-hmm. So he had started to do that. And at the time, you know, I'd been searching for um, a podcast for the kids. And so I just was like, you know, he showed me how it wasn't, the startup process wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. You'd be a little patient, but it wasn't very difficult. So I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe what the heck, I'll just make this for my own children. And then mm-hmm. I can listen to it with them in the car and I'll just mm-hmm. give it to like our immediate family and friends yeah. and just, and just see what happens. So that's what happened. He, you know, he was really sweet and he'd already figured out all the logistics and he helped me. He'd had the mic and everything purchased and what he was using and just helped me set up um, ones for kids' Bible stories. And so I love it. Off. Yeah, I love it. Okay. And so you're like, okay, I'm just going to record this for my kids, for personal friends, you know, no big deal, which still, that's a huge deal to record all this. I love that. I just love that you <laughs> had that inside of you. Um, okay. And so what was your first, when did you first record and what was it about? Oh, it was um, July of 2016. Mm-hmm. No, 2000, excuse me, 17. I remember because it was my son's first birthday. So it's July 2017. He was one. And I did Noah uh, Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. It's what I did for the very first one. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, and then, one. <laughs> okay. And so you did Noah's Ark and then you did it. Did you re- record every week? Yeah, for okay. almost that whole year, recorded every single week, okay. um, and then kind of backed off a little bit. But yeah. I just got on a roll, and it kind of got going. And I, I realized I really enjoyed it. And I also had kind of the moment of, I'm proud to do this for other people, but also like how cool it'd be to show my kids that if you want to do something, like go do it, and don't be afraid of your limitations. Or yes. if you see a gap and you want to fill it, like. I want to be an example of how I want them to live, you know? So I think that's cool. Hopefully they see that in mom and will do that in their own way throughout life. Yes. And I love that. I'd love that you saw a need and you just jumped in and and filled it. Like you said, you jumped in and you said, there's, we don't have that. So let's do this. I can't find one that's, that's suitable for my young kids. Let's do it. I love that you just jumped in. And now you have had over a million downloads. That (laughs) is huge. Thank you. Yeah. I cannot believe it, Ren. I just, yeah. (laughs) So how did you get from recording your first episode of Noah's Ark just for your friends and your kids? How'd you get to over a million downloads? I think it was um, kind of word of mouth. I mean, I have a good friend group over here. And then, of course, they all know moms. And I think that that, you know, women are really good about, I think, word of mouth things. And women are such a good community source. Like, as women, we can do some amazing things I've seen, you know, whether it's like provide children who need something and the community um, come together and really support each other. So I think that women here have been really good about that and they've passed along. And then I think obviously the first and foremost is just, it's God. Like, because if anyone knew me, it's, it's just so bizarre this happened. And it's, it's only by God's doing that this is growing to its capacity. I mean, I didn't even do, like, I didn't do, you know, Facebook ads or things like that. I just kind of, eventually I posted on our like mom's groups here locally and put it out there on, on those Facebook pages. And that was it. So I just think it's God wanting to get the gospel out and I'm the current vessel doing this right now. 
I love it. Well, and I love that you are very clear in your um, purpose and your mission for the podcast. I love that you talk about how, you know, you started it because you wanted young children, yours mm-hmm. and others, that they would believe that God's love, his word is engaging and true. And I just yeah. love that because that's what the goal is. And I love, mm-hmm. I love that it's, a, it's a snippet of the story. And I love how you use your kids for sound <laughs> effects. How did you think about that? I love it. Oh, I just, I, you know, obviously since I have kids, it makes it easier for me in some ways because I see what kids that age like. And so I see my kids like listening to other children or things like that um, on songs and things. So I was like, well, gosh, I could just have them use their voices on here and engage other kids. So that's kind of how that part came to be. They probably love it, right? They do. They do. They, that's probably their favorite episodes are those that they've helped with. Cause they'll say, Oh, I'm on that one. And you know, they'll, they'll wait to listen for it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And how do you come up with the episodes? How do you get your content? Um, I have a pretty big running tally of stories that I have wanted to do. Some of them are pretty classical, like kids stories. Um, and then a lot of others really come from, um, Bible studies I've done, sermons that I have listened to that I've really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple notebooks of, you know, those, those studies and sermons um, and things like that that I've compiled. And then it's just depends on, you know, seasonal times. Obviously, I'll, I'll gauge it towards the seasonal items. But mm-hmm. really, I, I kind of just see what's on my heart and what I feel really passionate about and pray about it and just see which one I want to do next. Um, so that's kind of how I decide what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, and I love how you are so precise in your words and you're very clear. I love that. I love that you're very like, it's just, you have a soothing voice. I love how, um, I think that like in the beginning of the episode, like you'll Mm -hmm. read, um, a review from somebody that left a review on iTunes podcast Mm -hmm. and then, and it's funny because my son will be in the back, you know, playing or whatever talking. Mm -hmm. And then when you start the story, it's like silence. It's like, he knows it's time. It's like, it's funny. It's really, I've I've noticed that the past few times that we've listened, that it's just like silent. He's like, okay, it's time. It's time for the story. Like you could just tell it was really neat. It was funny. But tell, yeah, I mean, I just think it's great. It's so practical. It's so good for us as moms to hear it as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one you did on love talking about, uh, you know, around Valentine's day, I just, just very meaningful. And I feel like they're, um, they're very much needed in our, um, in this generation. I feel like we need to keep going back to the scripture, um, and keep filling our minds with truth. So I love that about it. Okay. Let's tell me a little bit about how, when do you record? Cause you have two children at home, you homeschool. When do you record and what is the process of it? I think I read about your process of, um, on Saturday nights and Mondays Mm -hmm. and tell me a little bit about the process. I thought that was so intriguing. Yeah. So I typically the week before I'm going to release an episode, I go to my kind of long list. And if I haven't decided, I, you know, release it down, think what I really want to do, or am I feeling passionate about something currently? So I pick that out usually on Monday. I will make sure I write it up on Monday and then I'll use middle of the week to kind of rewrite that and make sure it sounds correct. And, you know, the apply section makes sense for their age range and they, that it's scripturally sound that I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. like I like to embellish for the kids sakes and engage, but I'm always so cautious to not 
change the scripture itself. I don't uh, ever yeah. want to add or take away from God's word because I know that's obviously a, sure. a, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I'll rewrite, check that. And then Saturday night, I usually have to wait till they go to bed because I'm sure as you know, you have the recording microphones. The microphones pick up anything. So <laughs> yeah. I'm talking, I have to turn my like washer dryer off. <laughs> if the heat clicked on, like in our old house, the heat would click on. I have to go and turn that off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it had to be so quiet. So I always have to wait until the kids are in bed. I've tried a couple of times without that. And that just does not happen. You'll yeah. hear if y'all are listening to the story, you'd hear like big clunks in the background <laughs> or children crying. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Saturday night I record and then, um, I usually edit it that same night and then Sunday I release it. I love it. That's great. It's, I'm such a geek <laughs> about behind the scenes things. I just love that. I think that's great. Okay. I love what you said recently on a blog post. Um, you don't have to be qualified to do something if you feel it's going to honor God. Mm. I love that. And, and I know that that is, you have had, you know, a perfect, pursuit of perfection when you are recording. And that is something I deal with as well. And yeah. it's just something we have to let go. How have you let go of that pursuit of perfection? And how have you felt qualified to podcast? Ooh, um, the pursuit of perfection part. My husband was really helpful when I got this podcast going, even though it was going to be just, you know, in my eyes, small and for immediate people that I knew, I still wanted to do a good job sure. and, um, you know, teach the kids about the Bible in a really good way. So he was just encouraging and just said, you know, you're going to get paralyzed by perfection, which I think we've all been there. Yeah. If you, you just, you just got to do it. Like that's how everything in life starts. So there's an invention or anything. You just like, you've got to just do it and start somewhere. So that really helped. And he just, you know, kind of helped me give a timeline of you should just do four episodes and you need to put them out there regardless. Mm. And that really helped. Um, That's good. And the other thing with perfection is just kind of like, you know, I, I have to remind myself, like, who's well done am I working for? Because it should always be Jesus's. And mm. if he knows my motives are pure and that I'm trying my best, then that's all I can do. And yeah. I can't, you know, I'm not going to please everybody out there. Um, and I have to work for his well done or I'll, I'll always feel a sense of dissatisfaction or lacking or shame or anything, you know, so yeah. that that's helped a lot. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you felt that way before recording with yeah. your podcast. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny. A friend of mine, Holly, and she um, really speaks life into me and she's so encouraging. And she said a few months back. She said, Ren, you have an audience of one. Your mm, audience okay. is one and it's Jesus. And so yeah. if you have your audience of one, that's that's all you need to be concerned with. And um, and I love that. I feel like that's your heartbeat as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and I think lastly to perfection, another big thing, which I read this and I've heard sermons about this, and it really helped me was not seeing... I think a lot of times before we start something, especially if it's something new, could be anything like teaching our kids something new, like potty training or taking up a new skill. But we often feel so restricted by limitation when really there is should be a sense of freedom and limitation. Like if you believe God's given you all you need to do, then you've got exactly what you need, need and you're equipped correctly to go ahead and do what you need to do. So mm you know, doing the podcast, I could sit here and think, oh, well, I don't have a, 
you know, nice studio or X, Y, and Z, or I can only record, you know, one night a week, but there's freedom in that. Like, I don't have all these other choices. I just am going to do what I know to do and what God's given me. And, you know, here's my uh, bread and fish and God's going to do what he can, only he can do with it. I'm bringing to the table what I have and, and that's all I can do. And there, there's freedom in it. And I think it lets go of a sense of perfection too, at least for me. Oh yeah. That's just like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Like it's just a deep yeah. breath. I love that. I love that freedom in those limitations. It's great. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. What is your favorite episode that you've ever recorded? Or do you have a favorite? Oh, it's hard. I thought about that. Um, okay. So I think my two favorite are Fruit of the Spirit um, and David and Goliath. Fruit of the Spirit, just because I think it's such a good message and something I wish I could have grasped even earlier in life. I don't know if that would have been possible, but yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it's so good. And I want, you know, kids to really know that it's, it's not necessarily who you, like we always ask, who are you going to become when you get older? Are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a fireman? And, and those are good and important things to think about. But more importantly is who are you going to be in that role? Are you going to be a loving and kind doctor? Or are you going to be grumpy and greedy and hateful? Like God wants our hearts. That's what he wants. And that's what I want them to think about as they grow up. Who are they going to be? And I hope they bear the fruits of the spirit in those things. Um, so that was a big one for me. And then my other favorite is just... David and Goliath, because it was a, hmm. it was a series, and we just had a fun time. My husband, he helped me out with the sound effects and the voices, and um, <laughs> so we just had a good time making that one. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Those are great things. I love what you said that about the fruits of the spirit. That's great. That's practical, and I love. That's another part of the podcast that I love is just the practicality of it. And so mm-hmm. let's see if say that there is a woman out there that she is knowing that there is a gap somewhere that Mm -hmm. she is looking for something specifically, or maybe she just feels led to do something. What would you say to her about stepping out on faith and doing it? Um, I would say definitely don't like not do something out of fear. I think a lot of us are held back because of fears. So if you see that there's a gap, you know, don't be bold and don't be afraid to fill it and don't be afraid of failure. Who cares? You know, at least you tried. And I think it's, I think it's so important to show our kids too, that like, it's, it's okay to fail. We'll learn from those failures. That's, that's not a bad thing, but I think, um, filling the gap is huge. And I would just say that, you know, also check your motives. You know, are you doing this out of, you think you're filling the gap, but you're doing it because you want to fame or because you want to be noticed. Um, I think in our culture today, it can be tempting to do things for the wrong thing. And if your motive's not pure, I think you can easily wear out and burn out when you're trying to fill that gap. Um, but I say to that woman, you know, go for it, think about it, you know, try and make some plans so it is effective and helpful, but um, try and fill that gap. And, and also don't underestimate like how much of that gap you fill, even if that gap only helps three or four people, those are three or four souls. Those are humans, you know, like mm-hmm. those are creations of God's and those people matter. Like you, you could change three or four people's lives forever. And that's huge. So don't ever downplay the gap, even if it only means helping a few people. I love that you said that because I recently heard a podcast episode um, of Christy Wright's Business Boutique, and she had mm-hmm. Annie um, F. Downs at her um, at her conference this past year, and she said, and and Annie was saying that you know 
talking about followers on social media and that if somebody's like in ministry and they get kind of disheartened because of that. And she said, listen, she said, you know, your Instagram page, your uh, Facebook page, um, if you are in ministry and you are encouraging others that that if you have 200 uh, followers, that that's Mm -hmm. 200 people you can disciple every single week. She said, I don't even know of a, of a place where you could go physically and, and mentor and disciple 200 people. She said, if it's 20, she said, no matter what the number is, that's people that you are able to disciple. And those are people you can feed um, into from what God is filling you with. So I love that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, cause it can get so overwhelming when you see things and see it's kind of, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in high school again, where it's a popularity game. And, mm. and, and instead, I think we forget that like, these are actual people, these are humans yeah. and you discipling this 20 people. Mm. I mean, the more I live through life and as much of the, as a nurse, people tell you everything, which is perfectly fine. I mean, some of those questions I have to ask my them as patients, but I mean, there are people going through things you would have no clue. Every I'm learning everybody has a story, mm. no matter who you are. And those 20 people in there, I am sure there's a lot of those 20 that are going through some serious things or maybe not some so serious things, but what you have to say might be exactly what they need to hear in that moment. And so yeah. don't ever downplay that. Like if that, that was your mom or your dad who was listening and needed to hear exactly that, how grateful would you be for that woman who still discipled those 20 people? Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh. I love it. I love it. It's so neat. It's just flipping that on, uh, on its, on its head. And I love that. Yeah. I think it's great. Okay. So at the end of each episode, I get to ask these fun little questions. My eat, okay. read, <laughs> my eat, read, love segment. And so <laughs> I want to know what you're eating, what you're reading and what you're loving. I know that you are super healthy. And so I oh. love seeing y'all on Insta story sometimes working out and I love it. Y'all are awesome. So motivating. So you're tell so me, <laughs> tell me my what you're would laugh. He'd be like, she just ate a box of brownies yesterday. <laughs> so he's going to laugh at that. <laughs> That's great. I love it. It's balance, right? All the balance. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what you're eating, reading, and loving. Um, eating. I'm loving eating guacamole with chips. Oh yes. I just isn't it the best? I don't know why. I just have this craving for guacamole. Yes. So good. I get it pre-packaged because I don't know how to make Mm. it. I probably should try to make it, but. Oh, it's not hard. You can totally do it right. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it this summer. (laughs) That sounds yummy. What kind of chips? Do you have a certain brand or you just any Um, kind of corn chips? Oh, yes. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, we've gotten really weirdly snobbish about our tortilla (laughs) chips. (laughs) Oh, it's really weird. Um, But late July chips are so good. Okay. Mm. I've never heard that brand. Yeah, I don't know if you have them up there. We have them in like Harris Teeter here and okay. Publix. It's called Late July. And they're okay. just thin and not too salty, oh. but they're like really thin and they're so good. Ooh, that sounds good. We do not have a Publix, but I hear rumors that there is one coming to Memphis. So I'm excited about that. Oh, nice. There I know, go. I know. Okay, what are you reading? Um, I am reading Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. Mm. Um, it's a great book. That sounds I good. think I recommended it on a couple of my Insta stories. Um, yeah. So I'm slowly going through that one. And then... I am rereading this book called Tools of Titans, um, which is a secular book, but it's by a guy named Tim Ferriss who compiled a lot of people he's interviewed and asked them all similar questions. And so it's kind of a big compilation of hundreds of people he's spoken to and things you can kind of learn from them. So okay. it's been that sounds interesting. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What are you loving? 
I am loving the sun. We had a mm. lot of rain in February. So. Yes, we did too. <laughs> you too? Yeah. You had a lot of flooding, I think, or we somewhere did. up there. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you're feeling that too. So I'm loving yes. the sun and just being outside with the kids. Like we yes. could just, just being outside and spending the day out there with them has been probably my favorite. Mm, love That's it. what I'm loving right now. Good, good. The springtime is perfect for that. So good deal. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on the podcast. I love your podcast. I love the kids' Bible stories. I love how um, succinct it is, how um, mission-minded it is, and how gospel-filled it is. So thank you for doing it and keep on doing it. Thank you so much. I loved this conversation with Jessica so much. I love the backstory of how she started and why she started her podcast, Kids Bible Stories. I encourage you to go check her out. And all of the links will be in the show notes at renrobbins.com slash podcast. Don't forget about the giveaway that's going on now. If you hop onto iTunes and leave a short review for the podcast, click five stars. I would be so grateful. Screenshot it and send it to me and you will be entered to win that awesome third day prayer journal from Valmarie Paper. Okay, guys, there's a lot of new things coming up next week. I'm going to tell you about something that I've been holding in for weeks now, and I cannot wait to share it with you. So next week, I will see you back here on the podcast. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye, friends.